listening to the first edition of Spooky South Coast here on WBSM. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, I mentioned in the opening we have Matt Costa with us as well. How you doing, Matt? Love the day. And, uh, of course, Evan is here as well. How you doing, Evan? I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm very excited here. You should be. You should be. The spooky South Coast. Received some phone calls this morning. People seemed induced that this was going to happen. And that's the whole concept. Well, we're hoping for. We're hoping people can call in and share with us their uh, experiences with the paranormal. You know, maybe uh, you have a ghost in your attic. Maybe one time an alien ship landed in your backyard and took you away for a little ride. Uh, so we will take your calls at 508-996-0500. And uh, for Wareham and the Cape, 508-291-0500. Uh, let me just give you guys a rundown of how this show is going to work. Uh, tonight at about uh, 10.20 or so, we're going to have a special guest joining us. Uh, his name is Keith Johnson. He's a demonologist. He works with the Atlantic Paranormal Society, better known as TAPS, from the sci-fi channel show Ghost Hunters. And he's also going to be teaching a course here in New Bedford on ghost hunting, for those of you that would like to get into it. He's going to join us at about so 10.20 no and talk to us for a while about that. that. And he'll also take your phone calls. And then, of course, uh, we have two action-packed hours. When you're, like, in eighth grade, you, like, made a cassette tape. And then you play it back, and you're like, huh? That's that's what I sounded like? Or, or uh, you know, you, you have that, uh, you know, that, or you're looking around your grandparents' you know attic when you're cleaning up the house, and you find that old scratchy record from the 1920s, and you're like, that's what audio used to sound like? Yeah, that's not really that old. That's only 10 years old. But we were just really, really bad at recording podcasts. <laughs> so let's uh, let's let's go to a, a time when we were a little bit better. Uh, not much better, though. And uh, this this would have been just a few weeks after that. Spooky South Coast well, here on WBSM. Right there, huh? Tim Weisberg here. No, Matt no Costa is along. Talked about real life horror over the last couple of weeks. Some some of the things that people have that's, that's actually, experienced. You. You so the, now we're going to focus more on the fictional element uh, and, oh, just, and hopefully more of there. a oh, yeah, interest yeah. in some of the horror crap that's been coming out over the last couple of years. Crap. And uh, with us, we have some special guests. Uh, those of you who usually are watching oh, television at this time. we used to hear the network yeah. running under the show. If you're watching uh, New Bedford Channel too. 95 right now with the uh, sound turned down on the radio How channel. meta is this right now that I'm actually talking over my own voice? Shockers. Like, people are probably I can't believe you just said meta. They don't know what that yeah. means. I know. It's it's a thing now. I have to. I don't think it's, I think it's one of those things that you you just write. It's like LOL. You, you can write it, but you don't say it. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> we'll explain LOL. to you later. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> LOL, that's news to me. Uh, but what I find the most uh, uh, damning about uh, my early days of, of opening the show, how come every show it sounded like I was out of breath? It did. It's, it's, I think it was like the adrenaline rush of getting ready to go on the air. Now I don't care anymore. Now I'm like, yeah, whatever, press the button. <laughs> Hi, how you doing? You know, but uh, I think with that, it's more the 
the the exhilaration of, of getting on the air, and it was still new. I mean, I think that was only like maybe four or five weeks into the show. Uh, but, you, you know, I'd come in and be like, <laughs> welcome to Smoking Central. <laughs> also, I'm fat, too, so that could have been part of it. Oh, my God. And we show up late a lot. So it could have been that we were just happening to get here two minutes before we were supposed to go on the air. Something's never changed. All right. So now we opened it up old school. We opened it up from 10 years ago. Now let's do things the right way. And welcome to Spooky South Coast, officially our 10th anniversary show. And uh, this is where I should probably have a, a drop of some wild applause, but I don't know where Phil keeps that. I don't know if he actually has that in the computer or if he really just, like, claps a whole bunch of times to make it sound like it's a lot of people clapping. He just claps a lot of times. Does he? Yeah, I've been here. Yep. Yeah, because we were promoting the 10th anniversary on a show the other day. I heard him clapping, and, and, and you caught it on film. <laughs> right. So uh, this is the 10th anniversary show. We are happy to have been on the air here 10 years on WBSM. We want to thank everybody out there that has been listening to us, uh, some of you since day one. And I also want to thank the station who has been letting us come in here since day one. I'm Tim Weisberg. Stephanie Burke is here. Science advisor Matt Moniz is here. And making his return to the studio, at least for tonight, is the silent assassin Matt Costa, who, you know, we we missed you. We haven't seen you. You haven't been part of the show for a while. But we, I mean, people don't understand that uh, even though the silent assassin has not been here, which we could have just lied and told them that you're here. You could have. Because you always you sit, are silent. Yeah, you sit right off where the camera wouldn't catch you anyway, which I know is right. by design. <laughs> and you don't, you, know, you don't always say things if, if, if you're entrenched in the work that you're doing over there. So people would never know. But, uh, of course, you are the person that is behind everything that we do online all week long. You're the one that's tweeting things out. You're the one that's posting things up on Facebook, all those news stories. Partly. That I people mean, are grabbing and sharing. I think we all take a part of that. But you're, you're kind of the, the lifeblood of that and the driving force behind it. So Yes, you are. It kind of fits in with the mold of the silent assassin. You know, you, you hang back there. Right. I was actually thinking about getting a cardboard cutout of myself and just having it in the corner. That would work. Yeah. We have. I think people out there that are listening could help us make that happen. You'd have to put a camera on it, though. You, you know what, cut, though? Cut to it every once in a while. I got an even better idea. We live in a different era than we did. Ten years ago, when we started this show, mm-hmm. a cardboard cutout could have been a thing. But we live now, ten years later, it's like a time traveling into the mm-hmm. future, in the era of the 3D printer. Oh, look at this. So if somebody could print out a life-size 3D version of Matt Costa that we could keep in the studio. Or we could just get a wall sticker. That was like five years ago. Was it? Yeah. Right. yeah you're yep. a little bit behind in the times there. I'm not behind in the times. I'm just looking to see what would save money. Uh, at least with the cardboard cutout, we could move oh, no, him around. No, we don't have we any could. money. This has to be a, uh, something that somebody out there How about we just have him come back every weekend? That would probably be the easiest <laughs> way. Because I kind of miss him. I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. But uh, in, one of the things that we were talking about uh, over the years with this show is how we kind of always wanted to be on the forefront of mm-hmm. some of that technology and involve it in the show. And WBSM here has added some great new technology here in the studio. Yes, they have. So if you are listening to the show and, you know, uh, we give you all these different ways to reach out and get in touch with us throughout the course of the program, you can always call in at 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. And we encourage people to call in tonight and share your favorite spooky South Coast memories with us. 
But not only can you call, not only can you email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Tonight we were using a special hashtag on Twitter, which I probably should have told you guys about, but I just did it now. Uh, hashtag Spooky10. Spooky10. Use the hashtag Spooky10 if you want to talk about the show during the course of the night on Twitter. But now we have an all-new way to reach out to us here. You can actually text us now. I know all you kids... All you kids with your texting now, you don't you don't actually want to make phone calls, you want to text. You can text us at 67664. Now, that's a number that comes into the station. So please don't text us with spooky South Coast stuff, you know, Monday morning at 1130 because we're not going to see it. But while we're in the studio, you can feel free to text us at 67664. The only catch is you have to start your text with the letters WBSM. If you don't put WBSM at the front of your text, it won't filter into us. So you have to make sure that you put WBSM and then whatever it is that you want to say. But I highly recommend grab your phone, open up your contacts, type in a new contact, type in 67664, and save that. And then you'll be able to access it any time to tweet us during the course of the show. And uh, I really I really love the fact that we were already getting happy 10th anniversary text this morning when mm-hmm. I was on the air. So uh, that, that was a great... Great thing to get, and it you know started off the day on a good note. Our anniversary was actually a couple of days ago. It was the 26th. Right. But this being the first show after that, we've chosen to celebrate it, and we've got some cake here in the studio. And Matt Moniz brought in a, a, a bottle of the bubbly, which we'll uh, crack open a little bit later on. I know we're not supposed to drink on the air, but this is a special occasion. So we'll probably do it during the news break. Well, I'm drinking some energy drinks already, so. Yes. Can can we tell, can we say the name of the energy? Yeah. We are drinking the It Works energy drink. If you're watching on Spooky TV, you can get these can from, see from Stephanie. Uh, you will in a second. And uh, and while we are, I don't know where I'm going with this. No. Camera one, it. camera two, camera three. <laughs> well, um, it's been a while since you've been here, Stephanie, because you have your new business venture started. Right. How's that going so far? It's going really, really well. And you can, it's okay, you can say, you can say the name of it, you can... Oh, it's Work at Burke Wellness in New Bedford, Mass, and... Where, where are you located, exactly? Um, 1193 Ashley Boulevard. So, right now we're only open by appointment only, or by event or a class only. So, we have a lot going on. The past few weeks have been crazy. We just had Candace Dalton, Spirit Medium, um, come and do a gallery show on Thursday night. Friday night we had a paint night. Um, we're having another one on February 26th. We have Reiki classes coming up. I'm teaching one tomorrow. I have another one coming up um, at the end of February and into March already. We have Candace booked already for March. We have paint nights booked for the rest of the next six months. So wow. We have a lot going on. Sounds very successful. I will drink to that. Will you? I will drink my I It like Works that. Energy drink. <laughs> and uh, so the... the what, what was it? What's that word that I'm looking for? Website. The website, the website. for it is is www.workitburke.com. So, and then people can find out about all the things that are going on and yes. keep in touch. That links right to either, um, that brings you to my landing page where you can shop for products or you can go right to my event list on my Facebook, but it has every social media outlet on there. You can email me from that page. You can look at my YouTube account. You can look at Instagram, Facebook, um, everything else that I have. So, Are we having a spooky TV issue? Yeah. Keep, keeps uh, dropping out of the stream. That's all right. If it happens, it happens. We'll keep uh, yes, trying to. We we have the video backup now because Moni's, you know, gave us a a, a Christmas present early uh, Christmas present uh, earlier this month uh, when he hooked us up with a GoPro. So we will actually have the ability to have some video saved for it. 
uh, but we'll we'll figure it out. It'll, I have trust in you guys. You'll figure it out. And of course, if you can't hear uh, and watch on Spooky TV, which by the way we have SpookyTV.com now, Matt Cost. We do, we do. How'd you wrestle that away? Because I thought somebody had that um, site every, already. Every once in a while, like I kind of just poke in uh, and just kind of extend my portfolio. So I uh, <laughs> I, 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 I searched it, I searched for it, and it, it, I just grabbed it. Yeah, it had and been taken. Like, so maybe somebody didn't do yeah, anything with it and yeah. it reverted back. So, so. their loss, our gain. Absolutely. Absolutely. SpookyTV.com if you want to watch the show as we broadcast on WBSM. And, of course, if you are listening uh, and you want to listen on the go and you want to use an app, the Radio Pup app, P-U-P, Radio Pup app, you can download that and then just search for, search for WBSM and you'll be able to hear us in glorious stereo on your app. <coughs> and, uh, you, you know, I mentioned the website, Matt Cost, and you've been in the, the midst of a redesign, kind of changing some things around and trying to make it a little bit easier and, and more laid out there for people. And one thing that I noticed about it is it's, it's a lot more colorful. So right. pe- people won't accuse us of being, you know, goths anymore. <laughs> right, exactly. Goth. Well, because I, I think uh, the – I don't want to be – or uh, us – I don't want to uh, us to be kind of the cliche, kind of creepy paranormal show. I mean, we're creepy enough as it is, you know, but I think the show has grown, I, and it's more than just creepy paranormal talk. I, I agree with that, and I, I hadn't really given it a lot of thought, but as you're saying it, you know, it's it's kind of coming into my head that we have gone kind of beyond just the paranormal. Of course, it's our bread and butter. It's what we talk about here, but I think that we have, over the last 10 years, changed a lot of the, well, expanded, I should say, what we would consider the content for the show. And part of that has come through our uh, content director, Chris Balzano, who joins us on the VIP line. Good evening, Chris. Let me bring you up here. Uh, Thank you for joining us. It's like I just talked to you this morning. I know. It's like you can't get rid of me. It's like we're uh, we're (laughs) twins or something. Well, of course, this morning I had you on uh, Saturday morning with Tim Weisberg as we were discussing uh, James Cater, who passed away in jail this week. Uh, he was the convicted killer of Mary Lou Arruda, which, of course, you can read about in Dark Woods, Cults, Crime, and the Paranormal in the Freetown State Forest. Uh, so, you know, that's it, it's a little bit of a downer topic <laughs> for a 10th anniversary show. <laughs> yes. uh, but I, do, I will have that. Uh, I'll add that podcast in to the end of this episode because a lot of the spooky audience is going to want to hear that. So I'll, I'll add that in here, too, uh, or, I'll, or I'll put it out as a separate podcast, one of the two. But uh, certainly we'll make that available for people. But uh, in terms of the content, Chris, you know, we brought you on board here on the show. I'm looking at the audio here in front of me. It was pretty early on. It was, uh, I want to say you were our third or fourth show. It was, it was pretty I early was, on. If you guys start in February or Jan- the end of January, I my first show was, right after St. Patrick's Day. Because I remember we did like a whole little St. Patrick's thing. And I remember hanging out outside with Moniz talking about um, the the bridges in Ireland, uh, for, for, I believe it's from Ireland to the, to the mainland England, that were supposed to be for the Giants. And I was like, these are guys that I can totally get down with. Well, <laughs> it turns out you were wrong, but by that point it was too late. So you, you were on the eighth episode, uh, March eighteenth, two thousand six, uh, and let me just tell you the illustrious guest list that we had had prior to, to Chris coming on. We had um, we had Keith Johnson, of course, on the first show. We had Paul Eno on the second show. We had uh, Chris Pittman and Aaron Kadju talking about the Bridgewater Triangle back before it was even really a thing uh, on the third show. We had Derek Bartlett and Capers on the fourth show. Penny Dreadful and the gang from Shilling Shockers. 
then John Zaffis, then Bud Hopkins, and then Chris Balzano. So things just wow. kind of started to go Little downhill down. after that, yeah. And if anyone hasn't heard it, they need to go and download that show and listen to it. Because we sound, and I think we've talked about this before, we sound like the two most pretentious people you can possibly imagine. <laughs> and we still do. We talk, Well, at least now we're, like, normal conversationalists. Like, we were like, mm-hmm. well, when best investigating uh, and looking into the depths of the paranormal psyche and the panorama, which, it, I mean, we sound like socioeconomic factors are always, and I, it's like, it sounds like two people who just think they're more important than they are, and now we're just wicked important. Well, I think part of it, though, is, like, I know with me, in the early days of this show, and I definitely want to take people back uh, into kind of the creation of the show and, and the early days of the show uh, here, because we don't like to do this a lot. We don't like to talk about ourselves and, and stroll down memory lane, but I think tonight it's appropriate. Uh, but I remember that when I'm bringing you on as a guest and, and when Matt Costa is finding me all, you know, he's Matt Costa is like, oh, I've got this guy, Paul Hino, and he's like finding all these great guests and, and – um, you know, I'm looking at the credentials and, and the names that I know from all the years that I paid attention to the paranormal. It's intimidating. And you were one of the first people that came in as kind of a, a an authority that was in studio. So now it changes everything because it's easy to kind of talk to John Zaffis on the phone and, you know, just kind of psych yourself up for the next time that you have to talk. You know, because right. Johnny's going to go on for a couple minutes, and then you just have to be able to jump in there with the next question, and you can kind of build that up. But with, with you, you were actually here in the studio. And so for me as a host, all I'm thinking the whole time is don't screw up, don't screw up, don't screw up, don't screw up, because I'm thinking, like, the, everybody's looking at me as the newcomer to this, and easily you could have just said, yeah, I'm out of here. These guys are idiots. And I was thinking that, but I had driven such a long way. And I felt like I was obligated to at least spend a little bit of time there. And all I'm thinking is, as, as I'm talking, is, man, I could use some water. Man, I could use some water. Man, I could use some water. Uh, but no, no, unfortunately not. I, I was thinking on, on, the, uh, on, on the way here tonight that if I had timed it correctly, the best thing that I could have done tonight was to have sent you a bottle of water wrapped up as a gift in the mail. So you would have gotten it today, opened it up, and been like, oh, finally. With a Freddy Krueger keychain in there as well. But you know what? It's, it's, I feel like at this point there's no way you guys can hydrate me because uh, it's just a going joke for 10 years now. So Yeah, it's, it's, it's like if you actually came in and we had water, I would give one to everybody but you at this point. <laughs> just to keep up the shtick. But, uh, you know, I mean, when we started off, and, and I'll take people back uh, to the very beginning uh, Matt Costa and I had a job where we worked together. We were we were cooks in a restaurant, and uh, I was doing the sports show here, the locker room, uh, and with the late Evan Russo and the late Jack Peterson. And uh, I just realized, wait a minute, like, wow, that just kind of hit me that neither one of them are with us anymore. Um, sorry about that. So the so we were doing the locker room, and the program director at the time, uh, he was uh, very adamant about wanting to have me be more involved in the station. I don't know why, because I was terrible. But uh, he wanted me to be more involved. And so he said to me one day, he called me and he said, we really like what you do. We'd like to give you the chance to do something more. Let me know if you have any ideas. And it was kind of one of those things like open-ended, like take some time to think about it. And I was like, well, how about a paranormal show? 
I just jumped right in with that because, you know, I I'd started to get really seriously back into researching it and, and showing an interest in it. And he's like, you mean like ghosts and stuff? And I, and I told him about all the different aspects of the, the subject matter we can explore. And he said, all right. I told him we wanted to do Saturday nights, and he was fine with that. So I remember going in and telling Matt Costa, I'm like, Matt, I just got my own radio show. And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, congratulations. I was like, you should do it too because this is what he was interested in, in doing as well. And, and plus I knew, like, uh, I tend to get a little bit over the top in my belief about things, and Matt's a lot more grounded. So he's going to be the guy that says to me, hold on, hold on a minute, wait a minute. So I knew that, you know, he would be great in that regard too. Plus, you know, when you have a chance, you want to surround yourself with people that are going to let you know that you didn't completely suck even when you did. So, uh, and, and Matt always was very nice to tell me that I only partially sucked. <laughs> But we got the idea. We got the opportunity to do it. I remember you, Matt. You were coming in and uh, at work and like playing me like little stuff that you'd been working on and getting stuff ready. And we took a few months to really get prepared before we ever came in here and did the show. We did. I think we uh, we planned on start, starting around the first of January, but I don't think it came to fruition until like the third week. Yeah, I think it was one of those things where the football was on and it pushed yeah. us back a couple weeks. But we had kept talking about how we were going to come in and do some dummy shows, and we never did. No, so no. Then, then it became, well, well now we just got to go in and do it live. We procrastinated pretty hard. <laughs> we did. <laughs> Nothing has changed since then. And then we were thinking, we're like, what about, what's all this podcasting stuff that we hear about? Everybody does these podcasts. Is there a way we can do it? And at the time, we knew there was a, a recording box in here that they used to use for, for news interviews. So we said, well, let's try it. And so the plan all along was to come in on that first night and use that box to record the audio to be able to put a podcast up. It was always here every single time that I was in the studio for the locker room or every single time we came in to learn stuff over here. It was always here. We came in for the first show. Guess what wasn't here? So scrambling, I pulled my digital tape recorder out of my pocket that I used for sports interviews, and uh, and we plugged in to that. And that's why that first show was so overmodulated because we didn't adjust the volume uh, when we were recording because we had no visual representation of it. So that's why if anybody's ever listening to the very first episode, you're like, why does this sound so terrible? That's what ended up happening. But we put that podcast up, and and I think we put it up like that night because we were so excited and so like wired and amped. I didn't go to sleep until well into the next morning. So we put it up there, and then we started watching the podcast downloads. And I remember being like, Matt, Matt, 10 people have downloaded the show. <laughs> We've had 10 people listen to the show. 10 people. And then, like, then you start, it starts to sink in a little bit where you start to get worried. You say, 10 people have listened to the show. How come none of them have emailed yet? Mm-hmm. They must have hated it. Or maybe they didn't hate it because they would have emailed to tell us they hate it. And you start all these things going through your head. And then we had the website counter where we could tell where people were coming and and uh, checking in from, and we see China, Japan, Kazakhstan. We see all these different, which I didn't even know they had the Internet there at the time. But you see all these different places around the world that are picking up on this. This is before hashtags. This is before tagging things on, on the Internet, well, before we knew how to tag things on there. We're just putting it up there on iTunes as a paranormal podcast, and we're getting all these people listening and, and all these downloads. And so then all of a sudden it became, well, wait a minute, we just can't talk about local ghost stuff anymore 
we can't just come on and talk about the person in New Bedford that had a paranormal experience that wants to call in and share with us. The show has to be something more than that. And so that's when we started, you know, booking some of the bigger guests and, and finding out more and more about, uh, you know, some of the other aspects of the paranormal that we hadn't learned about. And that included bringing Chris on, and, and eventually, uh, after a couple of years, Stephanie came on. And uh, when, Do you remember, Stephanie, when your first appearance was? We were talking about this we off-air before. We were talking a little bit about it before. Um, I'm trying to think. I was just saying to Moniz before we started, I remember sitting in the car. I was driving in Fall River. I remember who I was with. Um, and you guys were going to mention my name on the air, and I was really excited to hear. I had my headphones in. That had to be 2008 or 2009. So I don't remember why you were mentioning me on air, but... Because that would have been before we actually met in person. Right. Because we didn't meet in person until 2010 when the book came out. Right. So then, um, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I don't remember. But I think was I it when we was, did we have Linda on and, and Linda was going to mention you for some reason? I don't know. Yeah, I think it had something to do with Linda and some of the stuff that we were doing at Lizzie's at the time. I don't remember because it's been so long yeah. now. But um, I've been listening to you guys since the beginning. I, I was still in high school when I was really. <laughs> Wait a minute, I was old. Wow. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I was still looking um, at high school girls. So hey, how long ago was that? If it makes you feel Yesterday. better, it was a year I was. Graduating. I was still teaching high school. That's true. You are, and and uh, and hopefully you're not looking at high school girls. But no. the uh, the third week, I think, was when Moniz came in for the first time. Third or the fourth week what was the, was, the Penny Derek, show. No, Derek okay. Bartlett. So one, two, fourth? three, fourth week. So that was the first time that that Matt came in, and and uh, and I've told this story too about we Matt Costa and I kind of knew Moniz uh, from the periphery. From you know, we used to drink at the biker bar. Uh, where he worked, and uh, we knew him as Matt the Sound Guy. He'd come into the restaurant where we worked and, and eat, and he'd be like, oh, that's Matt the Sound Guy from the biker bar down the street. And you had gotten into a conversation with one of the waitresses yeah. about the, uh, I don't know, like maybe she would mentioned that we were doing the radio show or something, yeah. I don't know. But uh, And then you called me out of the kitchen. <laughs> and I'll never forget the conversation. Because I knew you, like I said, as Matt the Sound Guy, this laid-back, relaxed guy. And all of a sudden, he just looks at me with the most intense look that I've ever seen him give to this day. And he looks at me and says, what do you know about the paranormal? And I looked at him and I said, I I don't really know all that much about the paranormal. That's why I want to do this so I can learn. And he looks at me and a big smile breaks out on his face and he says, good answer. And then he says, I'm... You know, I've been doing this for a long time, and I've been researching various topics, and I'd be willing to help you out and give you some information. And so I invited you to come in that night, and you came in with a big folder of stuff for us to check out and and look into. And originally the idea was that you were just going to be a behind-the-scenes guy. Yeah, I was basically going to open up my Rolodex for you guys and and let you feed us ideas for show topics and guests and and, uh, just kind of be a resource for us to lean on. But instead, we were like, well, why don't you just come in every week and be part of the show? Because, again, it's always nice to surround yourself with friends that can tell you you didn't suck that bad. <laughs> and and also, we knew that we could always lean on you. So if we're talking to a guest and all of a sudden we have nowhere to go, you would come up with a different angle or something different that we weren't talking about. So that's why we kind of started off with bringing you in as the science advisor. That's where that term yeah. came from. Uh, but that's what the original idea was, that you were going to just kind of be the person that helped us out and kept us, you know, on the, the right path in terms of what we were researching. But it, it came together so well that I think that 
you know, everybody brought something different to the table. And even Stephanie, when you joined later on, you know, it was harder for you because you're coming into this already established thing. Right. And uh, not that we're, you know, that big of a thing, but we were already established. And, right. And, and, and I know that everybody says the same thing all the time. They say that I kind of dominate the conversation. Mm-hmm. And it is hard for you to get in edgewise. But you got to think, too, like in the back of my mind, all I'm thinking is if I stop talking and that alarm starts going off. <laughs> so I look at you, and if it doesn't look like you're about to say anything, I just keep rolling with it right. until somebody looks like they're saying something. But uh, that's kind of how this all came about. And Chris, well, when was it where we officially brought you in as the content director? When did we decide to make you a regular part of the show? Because you'd been somebody that we brought back again and again and again as a guest. Yeah, I think it was uh, it was it was after I moved here. It was post para relations. <laughs> it was uh, it was post when I started doing the breakdown. So I'm going to say maybe something like 2000. 10 originally, like 2009-2010. Sounds about uh, right. I took my extended vacation and uh, and now I'm back. So, and, and you know what? It's like from the content director perspective, it's a lot harder now than it was then. Um, you know, people were jumping at it and I think like you know, you guys use the expression you know, pair of celebrities. I think it's really hard to get people now. Like It's like fighting through um, agents and like spokespeople and people are just like, well, I'd love to be on the show. Can we record it at three o'clock on a Thursday afternoon? Right. I mean, it, it's just it's dramatically changed. So I guess it's going to be once again about trying to uh, to weed through the personalities to find the really good personalities. So. Well- I mean, that brings up an interesting question, and, and here we are, you know, celebrating the first 10 years, and we should be looking ahead to the next 10 years, but it makes me wonder, is eventually, will this show have to just peter out? Can we keep going? Is there a way to keep going with this if eventually the subject matter that we're talking about changes to the point where it just can't be something that we can bring to the radio every week? I mean, I think that the subjects, there are a lot of subjects left to explore, and there's a lot of angles that we haven't covered yet, and we talked about um, having almost a monthly uh, beatdown between two between two sides because you know that's the best way to get information out is to have two people who know what they're talking about uh, debate something. And I think it's just a matter of once again finding those those more homegrown and by homegrown I don't necessarily mean Massachusetts based, but like people that are still doing it that just don't have the ego and that don't have the clutter around them, but are saying some really interesting things because there are a lot of topics that people want to explore more, that want to explore again, and, and things that are constantly coming up that, you know, I think it's, I think it's um, you know, I heard, um, I think it was Jeff Johns talking about how he left the business for, like, a year, and he was the hottest thing when he left, and when he came back, like, no one would take his call, and he's like, but just, like, 12 months ago, people were beating my door down, mm. and I think it's, it's that kind of thing. I, I think that, that um, you know, I've got to get my finger on the pulse re-get my finger on the pulse and, and see what's going on and, and, and get a better handle on what people want. Because I think there are people that are willing to talk. We just are having a harder time finding them. Well, and you say, you know, getting a handle of what people want. And I can tell you what I want. I want to be able to think 
bring things back to the way it was early on in the show when we took chances, where we came in with topics and where we came in with ideas on those topics. And we didn't let them overshadow what the guests might have to say, but we still right. brought them to the table. And we were willing to really dig down and explore some of these topics. And early on in the show, it helps to be able to get some of the quote-unquote names in the field onto the show. You know, I think it helped our 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 credibility with people to have Keith Johnson, Paul, you know, John Zaffis, Bud Hopkins, all these people on on these early shows, I think that that helped. But at the same time, I, I don't want to be a show that's really just a platform for whatever, you know, reality TV star to come on and promote the latest project they're working on. Uh, but I, I would like to see it have kind of a good balance of that, you know, and, and I'd like to see it kind of become more topic-driven than necessarily personality-driven. And I right. think that we can certainly survive for a long time in, in doing it under that regard, even if there aren't going to be, you know, even if you have to jump through hoops to get people to come on the air, you, you can always find somebody who is willing to talk about a subject, even if we might not know who they are. And, and, and I, I don't mean to toot our horn here too much. Actually, forget it. I'm just not even going to say that because for the next hour and 15 minutes, we're going to be tooting the hell out of our own horn because, let's face it, it's our 10th anniversary. Deservedly so. We'll, we'll, we'll allow it just this one time. But there's a lot of people that we brought into the field through this show. There's a lot yeah. of people that we've turned into cases that people are interested in or subject matters that people are interested in because we gave them that platform. And I think that that certainly should continue in the future because, you know, th those are the stories that I think connect with people more than just seeing a, a, a TV paranormal investigator talk about their latest event. Yeah, I would, I would totally agree. And I think... One of the reasons why I originally started um, Spooky Crossroads was that there would be these really great topics that I wanted to explore more, and the guests would go off, and, you know, you do an amazing job um, of, of guiding them to where they want to go. As you like to say, you're, you know, you represent the avatar of the audience. Um, see, I stole your line, and I used it before you could. Um, and, uh, and then I would be like, yeah, but I want to talk about that more, you know? And uh, and I think that, that that's something that we should get back to, not necessarily the spooky crossroads aspect of it, but the bringing someone on and then having an opportunity to uh, to explore the ideas behind what they're saying more than necessarily, like, you know, what they're currently working on or whatever. Spooky crossroads was a lot of fun, though. It's nice to be able to just swear as much as we want yeah. to do. And we did a lot. All right. Uh, well, if anybody would like to call in, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. We have a call now. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How are you? Good. How are you, Tim? Uh, doing pretty well. Spooktacular, yeah. as we've always said here. Uh, that's right. Um, I was your first caller 10 years ago. Yes. John. Hello, John. Great to hear from you again. Good. Well, yeah. I, uh, I don't call every 10 years, but... <laughs> I know. You've, you've called a few times in between. I know. Um... You know what, uh, uh, the problem was, uh, not your show is, it's a good show, but the problem is, is there are too many of them. I mean, people get burnt out on the TV shows, some of them are really, really stupid. Yeah, kind of oversaturated <laughs> in the paranormal right now. Right, I mean, yeah. it's just, uh, it, it, you know, every, almost every other channel you turn on and get them, them, uh, rednecks, uh, you know what I mean? And, and think uh, about it, though. They, they found, just, they found that, they, they go. Bigfoot surrounded, you know, that's, and it spoils it for a good show like yours. When, when we started this show 10 years ago, the only one really out there was Ghost Hunters. Really? You know, Ghost yeah. Adventures hadn't debuted yet, and, you know, it was still uh, in the very early, uh, you know, very early paranormal television, and we've kind of been here as all of that has cropped up and, and gone on. But, uh, John, I can tell you, 
I'm all for as many paranormal shows as they can possibly fit on television, mm-hmm. as long as they're willing to hire me to come and work on them. You know, yeah, I, mean, I, I, mean, I, need, I need the work. Legitimacy to it because these guys, uh, you know what I'm saying? It's, I do. It's just, it's just silliness, and people get turned off. They say, "Look at this! I don't want to." I mean, when your show came on, and I mean, I, I always was interested. I loved it, you know, hearing about stuff like that, and I was just as well. This is great, and you know, you want. It'll be successful. I know my call didn't mean nothing, but it meant it to me because I didn't want to. You know, when you want, you don't want to see anything, something fail. No. You're, you're wrong, John. Your call does mean something, and it, it meant oh. the world to us to have somebody actually listening and, and willing to call in and share, and yourself, and Luann, and Christine, and and Chris, and all of these early people that were involved in the show and and part of the early audience of the show. You know, we never. I don't. I don't know if we would have kept coming in and doing it if it wasn't for you guys calling in and supporting us and letting us know that at least there was somebody out here listening. I mean, you could, I mean, again, there was something authentic about it, it wasn't. The silliness and somebody just, you know, just having a show to have a show. You know what I mean? Well, obviously you haven't been listening to every episode for the last ten years because sometimes we got really silly. No, I mean, I always enjoyed it. I mean, like I said, I've sometimes I back off, backed off on things. I did it, but I always, you know, stood with it because I was I found it interesting. These guys always did a good job, and so that's why I stuck with it. Well, we thank you for doing so. And then I was thinking about you uh, earlier this week when I sat down to watch The X-Files because it made me think back to when we had The uh, the X-Files promotion there. We actually got to host the movie at the flagship yeah, cinema and everything. Yeah, I think of that before I called. Yeah, actually, I, went, I took my son with me. I won two tickets. And, uh, and of course, now The, the X-Files is back, and, and I'd say it's, it's just as good as it ever was. So. Oh, yeah. I, I, I said, oh, I can't miss this. I said, hopefully, I didn't know the exact times they were going to put it on because I, I heard it something about it last year and i said yes i gotta you know oh i don't want to miss that and then i had like a week more to come on and i didn't even know you know i mean you get caught up in things yeah and i have you know i said i'm gonna this is only a limited run right like six shows yeah, just six episodes but man the, the first two have already been pretty good i can't wait I for tomorrow night i wonder how they, what they're gonna do I mean, just, they're going to just stop it and well the rumor is that they're actually everybody involved wants to make it a full series Again, yeah. so it's a matter of just Fox being convinced that the audience is still there for it. So, and and, uh, and from what I understand, the numbers have been really good. So, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I mean, I'm glad it's back back in time, but it's it's like you said, it's good. You know what I mean? Meanwhile, Chris is sitting here listening, saying like, "Yeah, but why can't they bring back Lost?" <laughs> so. All right, well, I was thank- actually thinking like, why can't they bring back Fringe? Like, yeah, so doesn't that show that Fringe could come again? Well, I'm like I, I'm going to Harvard. You want me to look around for Walter's lab and see if I can, you know, get everything going again? Oh, and before um, let's it go. I uh, was in my closet looking for something the other day. I says, "Oh, gee, remember when you had this is way back too? Um, you had something at County Street. County Street. You remember how you had a you was oh, here, no, I'm I forget what it was called. It was you, Matt? I think the three of you. Was, was that there. the uh, the Aha Night? Yeah, the Aha yeah, Night. That's right. Yeah, that's one of our earliest presentations. When the uh, when the kid from the back, <laughs> this is uh, here we are doing like our this is like our first presentation, right? Yeah. This is even before we did the Freetown one. So this is our first ever presentation, mm-hmm. and they ask us to come and talk about the paranormal at this Aha Night, which is like you know these free culture nights they do in New Bedford. Yeah. So you never know what kind of crowd you're going to get. It's usually a lot of young people, and there's this guy sitting standing in the back, yep. and he's like nodding at everything we're saying, and I'm like, okay, 
we're reaching one person here at least. Mm-hmm. We're doing our job. And then at the very end, we say, okay, does anybody have any questions? And this guy was one of the first ones to raise his hand. And he looks at us and says, uh, yes, uh, please tell me, what is your position on the concept of soul collecting? <laughs> <laughs> And just the way he said it, like, we all kind of huddled all together, the three of us, <laughs> grabbed each other and started shaking like Scooby-Doo and Shaggy, you know, we had no idea what to expect. Well, anyways, I have the T-shirt I got from you that night, I still have it. Oh, wow. Remember the T-shirts? Yeah, well, yeah. We, we still have some. Yeah. I still have one, We too. still wear and, them. And it's pristine. I mean, I... Oh, uh, no, not ours. Ours smell bad, and they're a little too tight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't Mine wear my... It was a little... Not bad when I got it, and I said, well, I'll get back to my old weight, and apparently not, because it's still in the closet. <laughs> well, hey, it's a good motivational factor. Well, thank you, John, for listening all these years, and thank you for calling in. Oh, no, thank you, Tim, but I really enjoy the show. Thanks a lot, my friend. Thank you. Take care. You too. And uh, we have some more calls stacked up here, but 508 996 If you'd like to call in, let's go to the next call. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hello. Hi, you're on the air. This is Andrew, Andrew Lake, calling in. Uh, Hello. Say Hello, howdy to everybody and say congrats on 10 years on the air. Thank you. You are another key member of the Spooky crew over the years, of course. Uh, been with us since the very early days and, and always coming. And We've had you as a guest. We've had you as a co-host. And uh, and really, you are one of the, the, as far as I'm concerned, one of the founding members of the Spooky crew. So. Well, it's good to be, uh, you know, felt that way. I remember the first time I came by to the studios with uh, Chris Belzano. We were out kicking around in, uh, I think, a Freetown State Forest, and he got the idea of, hey, let's, uh, let's go over see the guys over at Spooky. And I remember uh, flying down the highway, following him to get down there and meet you guys uh, in person in the studio for the first time. Uh, but i got to say real quick, though, my, my two favorite moments uh, being involved with the show is definitely when we did the radio show. Oh, one of my favorite episodes yeah, that was ever. Pretty cool night. Yeah. And what's great about that is it, 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 it was one of those things where we actually were able to go out of the box of talking about the paranormal and take a risk and do something different. And, and it turned out to be something that everybody got excited about. I still get compliments about that to this day, and they want to know how many months we prepared for that. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the writers prepared for a number of months, but all the rest of us just met in the conference room about an hour before. Yeah. <laughs> No, and uh, as, uh, as you know, I'm a big fan of old time radio, and uh, you know I, what you just said made, uh, reminded me of uh, Orson Welles when he used to do The Shadow. He would literally fly around uh, New York in a uh, in an ambulance he used to hire, and tell the guys to put the lights on so he could get to all the different studios. And he'd be uh, standing there with the script in his hand, and you get halfway through the show, they'd go to a commercial break, and he'd go, "Wow, this is really good. I wonder how this is going to end." <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what any of the plots and premises were to these TV, uh, these radio shows he was doing. And I kind of thought about that that night. It was pretty amazing how we were able to, you know, we had the script, like you said. They, the folks wrote it you know, before we did it. But, you know, just a little bit of rehearsal. And I thought we pulled it off great. Oh, and just doing it by the seat of our pants. The only thing, Matt, that I know Matt Costa that we had wanted to is we wanted to actually fully up those sound effects. But yeah, that didn't come did. to fruition. Yeah, it, it worked out better that we had them. You know, yeah, it would have been cool if we had an actual, uh, you know, Foley artist with the, uh, you know, the, the, the coconuts and the, uh, the, you know, the sheet metal and the, the ball bearings for thunder and lightning. But I mean, you know, I thought Matt did a good job using computer-generated stuff. 
And I just I, I hold that up as one of the you know the premier episodes of the show to really show people what we're all about. And for the record, I always have to point this out. We did that before they started doing the live Christmas broadcast every year of, of the different Christmas plays that they do. So we right. were actually the ones to bring it back for the first time in 50 years. Just want well, to make sure should, that we... We should think about doing that again sometime. Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. We actually have a female now, so we, would, we wouldn't have to have, uh, you know, you and Moniz talking in high-pitched voices. Oh, my God. What was the yeah, other... The weird thing is, it was radio. We didn't need to get in dresses, but yeah. we did anyway. <laughs> Whatever makes you get into character. You're a method actor, Andrew. What was the other favorite one you had? Oh, I was just going to say that the night uh, we had uh, uh, Anne Marie from Situate, Rhode Island on. Yes, ah. uh, definitely. That, that's such a detailed story, and I thought... Um, you did a great job, uh, you know, uh, interviewing us, Tim, because I, I could digress in so many different directions in that story. But I heard back from so many people who heard uh, either us on that night or listened to it in the archives. And, and, and that's where I want to go in the future because that was one of the first nights in a long time that I was sitting here listening and, and, and not being able to, to believe everything that I'm hearing, even though I believed you, you know, but just to, to be blown away by the information that you're giving me and, and to have that chill go down my spine and to have myself get choked up thinking about all this. And that's the feeling that was always there in the early years that had kind of gone away. So that's, you know, that's what I hope that we can recapture here uh, as we start the second decade. Yeah, no, I, I heard what you and uh, Chris were saying. It, I think, um, you know, the idea of looking for people who are kind of staying out of the limelight because they just, that's not what they're into. They're more into doing research and, and uh, investigation. And I, I do think that those are the people that need to be heard because I think we've heard a little too much from the, uh, the fake reality show people. Even though I would like to have you guys out in the woods, uh, you know, looking for monsters and, uh, and uh, that that would be great just to hear you guys running around screaming and yelling. It's over there, oh, well, having well, match shoot, having match shoot in the air or something like that. that I don't do well yeah. in the dark in woods. Don't you know that? Right now? <laughs> but it's but it's so it's so well loved now on TV. Everybody's like they actually take these these monster, you know, hunting shows and and so on and so forth is real. It's time to time to put that stuff away and put it in the dumpster and and, and uh, you know and get back to what this was really all about. And we will certainly do that. Well, thank you, Andrew, for, for all the years of contributions, and, and thank you for checking in with us tonight. Okay, you guys have a great night. You, you too. too. Take care. And uh, we are just about out of time for the first hour, but we will uh, have a whole uh, another whole hour coming up to discuss even further. We did get a text in uh, on the text line at 67664. I used to listen all the time, but now almost never. Way too much pitching events or guests promoting their interests. Boring, in capital letters. You guys went away from, and, and there would be more, but you run out of characters uh, with a text after a while. So, and, and But that's part of what I'm talking about, is I think that we have fallen into that quite a bit. And so I would like to see us kind of cut down on that and, and bring up more subject matters and topics. But that being said, on February 12th, we will have Lizzie's Bloody Valentine at the Lizzie Board in Bed and Breakfast. We have uh, tickets on sale now. They are pretty much halfway sold out. So uh, if you go to SpookySouthCoast.com, awesome. you can get your tickets now. And, oh, just in a matter of, like, 24 hours, we sold out half the event. So if you want to get involved, get your tickets as soon as you can by going to SpookySouthCoast.com. Uh, just like with the Legend Trips event, you'll get dinner, you'll get lectures, you'll get the tour, and you'll get hours of investigation. The only difference is, you know, this is a Spooky South Coast event. So we're a little bit more uh, laid back about it. And, uh, and also, the, the price is the same. It's uh, 135 per ticket, and you have the opportunity, if you buy a ticket, if the rooms aren't booked already, you can get a room for $100 a person, 
which is you know a great deal to be able to stay there. So, all right, we are just about out of time for this hour. When we come back on the other side, more calls from you guys, more discussion about the old days, and more spooky South Coast. Hey, why not? Ten years down, let's do another ten. along with Stephanie Burke, science advisor Matt Moniz, and the silent assassin Matt Costa. And we are celebrating our 10th anniversary here on the air on WBSM. And uh, we do have another caller on the line, and, and I saw it on the call screening software who it is. So I apologize for making you wait, but I'm going to make you wait just a couple more minutes uh, before we go back to the phones. Uh, Stephanie, I know that you had said you wanted to say something about the last Oh, uh, text our last that we received? Text? Yes. I'm sure you guys will agree with me and anybody out there that is listening, call in and let me know. But as a business owner, you know, pushing events or things like that, yes, we are. But I think our events are what makes us us because our events allow us to connect with our actual audience. We've made so many friends over the years. Those friends have become like our spooky little family. They come, they love our events, they love us, and we have personal connections with them, which keeps them coming back. So I really do think that it's an important part of what we do. But we also, I mean, I, I don't ever want to just have it be a, a nonstop two-hour commercial for something either. Oh, unless, and unless it never is. Unless we're talking about a location, you know, then sometimes if we're, like, say we're going to have an event, you know, at, at a certain place, yes. and we spend two hours talking about that place to let people know about it. I don't, I don't see a problem with that. It may seem like a, a two-hour commercial, but we're really sharing the story of that location. I but don't think you've ever spent more than five minutes telling people that we have an event coming up. Just we, throwing it out there. Uh, maybe seven. But I'll throw. But not much. <laughs> right. I'll throw it out there though. Just uh, you know, again, not tooting our own horn, but those events that we do have raised almost thirty thousand dollars. Right. To help historic haunted places, places. So which is awesome. It's not like we're promoting it just because. And you know, I really like getting to meet people that listen to us every week. That I think that's my favorite part is being there and spending or, time with them. Or some people who have never heard the show and right. then become listeners and, and yes. part of the, the the Spooky South Coast family because they go out and see us at an event. And so. a huge person that's become part of the Spooky South Coast family is on the line right now. Right. Absolutely. Uh, but one one thing I do want to address real quickly, and if again you can call in five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. You can email us spooky crew at spookysouthcoast dot com. Thank you, Chris. We got your email, uh, and and sorry that you couldn't be here as well. Uh, we also have the Twitter which you can follow us at SpookySC, but you can also talk about the show tonight. You, always on Saturday nights we use the hashtag SpookyLive, but we're also using tonight hashtag Spooky10 as we celebrate the 10th anniversary. And I put that in the crawler. Thank you very much. And then uh, also there is a new way of getting in touch with us, and that is, as we mentioned before, is the text line. You can text us at 67664. 
just make sure you start your text off with the letters WBSM so that it filters directly into our, our software here. Uh, but we did get another text as well uh, that I want to address uh, from the 971, Spotlight Local Groups and Local Things. Well, over the years, we have spotlighted local groups, and we always promote local events when they are mm-hmm. made aware to us. Uh, so, you know, if you have something paranormally going on that you, that's local that you want us to talk about, certainly always reach out to us, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. But we got away from spotlighting groups over the years. And, Chris, uh, I'll bring you back into this part of the discussion because this is a conscious decision that you and I made a few right. years ago to get away from, you know, Paranormal Group of the Week. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because how do you promote one group and not another group? And then what you end up becoming is just kind of uh, a paranormal meetup. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes those groups are very articulate, um, and they bring uh, something new to the table. And some of the time, they're just kind of talking about investigations that they've been on. Um, and when you hear that, as an audience member, you hear that once in a while, that's really good. But you hear a lot of that, and then it becomes, like, pretty much the same episode over and over again. Right. And with that in the back of our mind, how do you bring one group on over another group? And how do you tell another group, um, well, you're not quite interesting enough. And so, you know, when we get emails from groups that want to come on, um, when I respond, it's always, you know, kind of a fishing expedition of, like, well, what do you do that's different? What do you do that sets you apart? And if there's not something that's really outstanding, then it becomes really difficult to put one group on over another. Right. And and one of the, the things that I always say to them is, you know, what are some of the cases that you've worked on that you feel are different or maybe have a unique history? Because then I, I'm not opposed to bringing people on from paranormal groups if they're coming on to be, to be part of the discussion about a an overall subject matter, an overall topic. I just, as, as you were saying, you know, I don't want to turn it into basically a commercial for that group, uh, especially where when we started doing this show and we had the first group we ever had on was Capers. Well, the first group we ever had on was Capers because there was nobody else around, at least right. not putting themselves out there actively for us to be able to reach out and contact. But now, you know, there's probably 50 paranormal groups uh, just with, you know, within the sound of our broadcast range here on the on the terrestrial signal so i mean that means and you start all the problems of you picked one over the other you brought these ones on and not me and you know right. so it just became so much easier to not focus on on the individual groups there's a lot more now than there were 10 years ago and then you also have you know then all of a sudden someone from Lowell is like well i'm not local but i'm pretty local right and you're like okay well i'm from new hampshire and that, okay well and now now it becomes you know, you're you're really um, focusing just on, in, in which case you might just as well change the, the format to focusing on local groups. Because we could do that every week. We could bring someone on or whatever, but then it becomes a totally different show. Well, what about now we run into the problem of are we background checking these groups because now we're endorsing them over the radio. So people listening might think, well, if Spooky right. trusts them, we right, should trust yeah. them, but we don't know. Yeah, what... ten years ago we didn't carry any weight, so sure anybody could come right, on. Right, but now you know you don't know if those people have criminal records or mm-hmm. they've been involved in things. Or we've discussed this a million times on the show. What if you know they're into things that we don't necessarily promote or believe in, right. um, as far as like moral in ethics and things like that? So well, you hit the nail right on the head. You know, you know, and there's also something to be said for um, professionalism. Right. And being able to present um, on the air and be interesting, you know, something that obviously I'm very challenged doing myself, um, so that 
you know, just because you investigate doesn't mean you're interesting to talk to. And it I sounds really harsh, but they're two different skills, and it's rare to find someone who does both well. I, I went off on a rant a couple weeks ago, Chris, uh, one of the shows that I was doing in here by myself, and I went off on a rant about paranormal investigators that reach out to us and want to come on the show, and, and they want to share what's happened to them on on their events. And I, I went off on a rant about, I think it was last week, actually, which I haven't put up to podcast yet. But it, the rant was about how you think that all of these experiences that you've had are unique and, and profound, right. and, and they are for you. But in terms of other paranormal investigators, they've all had the same thing happen to them. And they've all had the same right. sensations and the same interactions. And, and, and I, I said it in a way, though, that people should understand that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing that you're all having the same experiences when you go out there because it means that people might actually believe that you are having these experiences. But in terms of coming on the radio and talking about it, well, it just doesn't really make you stand out or differentiate you from the last guy that was telling the same story. Nor is it that appealing necessarily to someone in Bethesda, Maryland, who's listening to the show or who's in Tel Aviv listening to the show or something like that to hear you know, what might be a local investigation unless there's some kind of twist that fits into the bigger picture. Right, exactly. Well, let's jump back into the calls because we are getting some more calls stacked up. But 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. You're next on Spooky South Coast, and we're sorry we made you wait so long. Oh, no problem. Actually, I'm going to do a little uh, what's my line tonight. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you can guess, but then again, I just heard you say that you saw my call screen, so... Yeah, yeah, we we would have. Uh, that's that's another thing we didn't have ten years ago, because <laughs> we could have really used it. Remember the uh, Matt Cost? Remember the first time we ever got pranked on the air? The Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was great. The uh, the person that said that they they caught an EVP of a demon. That was awesome. <laughs> I basically just flung a pen did. at you. You did. <laughs> they uh, and you flung it at yourself. They, <laughs> these people called in and said they had just encountered a demon in their bathroom and they caught it on EVP and they recorded it and oh, no. and they tried to play it over the air and then somebody in the background yelled, "That's because you just had Taco Bell," and then oh, said a word that's God. not appropriate oh, for yeah. for uh, broadcast radio. But yeah, we would have figured it out anyway, Dave. We would have known know. it was you. You know, it, my spooky South Coast moment, it was so funny. I was doing that WWPRC thing with Fadana LaCroix and Cliff uh, Williams. And they, uh, they, what was it, the Paranormal X, I think, over in Warwick. Mm -hmm. They had said, we need you to go down there and sell some raffle tickets. We're trying to raise some money to get, you know, upgrade things and this and that. And, oh, by the way, you're going to be doing some radio show. And that's all I heard. <laughs> I had no idea what spooky South Coast was or anything. We didn't really know that time at that time either, so... <laughs> But yeah, that was 07. That was like September of 07. And I think the Red Sox might have been just on the fringe of getting in the playoffs, so we had to wait until, like, oh, God, what time is it? Almost 1 o'clock in the morning or something. Oh, yeah. And uh, we ended up going on. And it was so surreal for me because I had been just working with little, my groups around here and stuff like that. And I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anybody in this whole region. And um, I remember sitting down, and I'm putting the earphones on. I'm looking across the table at this guy with long hair, and I'm going, he looks really familiar. <laughs> and the whole show was, I'm looking at him, and, you know, uh, Keith Johnson was, uh, Kyle was singing and doing whatever he was doing. And, you know, if I the show got over, and I remember saying something to him, and, yeah, he had been uh, mad. I'd been working over at the Raven, and uh, it's like, Saved my life. I was doing <laughs> photos for a band, a video for a band. He came up to me and said, "You got to move all your stuff. You know, you know where you are." 
that had been, I don't know how many years earlier, probably like six years earlier, seven years earlier. Yeah, it was already closed up by the time we uh, started doing the show, right? Yeah, and he was yeah. also taking pictures of certain people in the audience that don't like to have their picture taken. Listen, we kind of yeah. we got to just kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit here uh, for those who don't know. It was when we say it was a biker bar, it was a specific biker gang that that ran this place. And and so there was there was an element there at times. So they were all great people and they yeah. were always great to us, but you know, it's it's not the kind of place to, and that's why we still dance around it to this day because we don't want to actually mention it out loud. But I remember, Dave, that you came on, and if I remember right, that was also the same night that we interviewed Chris Williams from Ghost Hunters. It yeah. was her first ever radio interview. But uh, I still, to this day, I have to apologize to you because uh, back then I was still getting yourself, Dave, uh, getting Dave Francis, Dave Fritz, and Dave Manch all confused one <laughs> after the other. So yeah. <laughs> three different Daves with like relatively short names that I had to remember. And, and I, I finally think I have you got – oh, and now we have Dave Farrier too. So I finally got you, the four Daves kind of all figured out in my head. Well, we want to we want to thank you for being Spooky South Coast. You know, my 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 introduction to Spooky South Coast and uh, happy birthday to your daughter, by the way. You guys went through my my like new to the paranormal phase, my off the wagon kind of crazy phase, my uh, (laughs) back on the wagon and like a really skeptical, angry guy phase. Well, you know, you guys have been there on Saturday nights, and it's been awesome. It's really been uh, it's been great listening to you guys, and I learn a lot listening. You've had some great guests like Marie Jones and stuff. You turned me on to her stuff. And well, we thank you for being there all these years, yeah. and for and thank you, Dave, for keeping the chat room going back in the days when the chat room was a thing. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, chat room. We used to oh, pick on you with that bottle of water. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> we'll never live that down. All right. Well, thanks, Dave. You have a great night. You too. Another have another great ten years, guys. Take Thank care. you, and uh, and we'll actually uh, we're going to have the chance to hang with Dave relatively soon too. Uh, good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. Hello, you're on the air. Hello. I thought we got. A, I thought we had our first ghost call for a minute. Ooh, am I on? You're on the air. How are you? Good. Happy How are time. you? <laughs> I haven't heard from you in a while. I know. I've been so busy. Well, that's a good thing, though, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's always so, a good thing to be busy. Talking all the way back to the early days of the show. Wow, yeah. You want to know what one of my favorite spooky moments is? Sure. <laughs> and I, it was probably one of your favorite spooky moments, if you think about it, because it directly involved you. Lizzie Borden's Hosea and um, you on the bed. Did I lose you? No, no, we're still here. Oh, there you are. It sounded like you were gone. Uh, and you're telling the spirit to pick up your legs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you remember what it said, don't you? <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, and we still play it on the air from time to time. The edited version. Uh, I actually was at a library um, uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, when the Patriots were playing in the home playoff game at the Katua Library, and they're like, "Oh, can you play some of your clips?" And I was like, "Sure, I can." And then I was like, "Oh no, no, I can't," because you know, you even even edited ones, you feel kind of weird playing those in the library. <laughs> but and you get those looks from people like, I, and you know where I definitely didn't play it was the uh, the 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 talk that I did at the uh, middle school in Fairhaven. I figured that was probably a bad idea, but I might. I might bleep it out. I might bring it out for Harvard though next week. Those kids might might get a kick out of it. Wow, it's making the rounds to Harvard. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 pretty excited about this. I'm actually terrified about this. I have no idea what I'm going to do. Wow. But 
I'm sure these kids are going to eat me alive. Either that or I'll just, you know, win them over with my charming personality and my beard. No, actually, I would love to see, like, what the new minds are going to do with the stuff that we're leaving behind for them, you know, because we're not going to be here forever. It's like, you know, that that's the new generation of tomorrow's paranormal investigators. Oh, absolutely. They're in the college. They're in, they're in schools and... You know? and, and that's one of the things that kind of blows my mind about having done this show now for 10 years is that we've kind of helped shape some of that to some degree. I mean, at least in this area, but even beyond this area where we've kind of been a lot of people's you know, open doors. I mean, look at how many people that you come in contact with that are, are contacting you because you've got a long-established group now, but people who never would have done this. I remember when you were on the, the message boards, you know, helping people find Oh, wow. Groups in their area to be able to uh, to hook up with, or and then you know the the few people that were in this area that were reaching out to us, you know, taking them along on investigations, and and look what it's turned into. It's developed into a great community. Well, that's the thing. That's that's what it's really all about is helping people, getting people together, and you know whether it's people who need help or people who want to learn or you know be out there, start a team, things like that. It's it's all well. It should be. It's all people helping each other. It isn't always. We know that the, there is a dark side to the paranormal, but and, and I know, want... that's what we've always tried to put forward is that positive community that gets things done. I, I want you to do me a favor, too, when you have a chance. Do I want, a favor? I want you to go to SpookySouthCoast.com. Okay. The, the all-new SpookySouthCoast.com. And you're probably going to have to ask your son this, but ask what the Contra code is or the Konami code. From the old Nintendo, and I know I'm giving away the secret too much on the air, Matt Costa, but That's okay. if you go to SpookySouthCoast.com and you enter in the Konami code, you will be able to access something that I think will be a, a blast of the past for you and, and will bring back some, some memories and some smiles. Konami code? Konami. K-O-N-A-M-I. Konami. Well, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A start. You don't need to or, do a start. Oh, I hit enter. You don't have to hit the enter for we'll start? play the podcast. It, work, it works on mobile, too. Oh, so if you go to your, you can even do it on your smartphone. Instead, instead of the BAA, it's, uh, oh, it's tap, tap. Tap, tap? Okay. So, yeah, so you can enter in that code, and you'll see a blast from the past show up on your screen. Actually, that gives me another spooky moment, because the last Bridgewater Triangle show that you guys did, we were out in the Hockamock Swamp, um... Just three of us girls from Willow City Ghosts, and I'm trying to get the stupid thing to spook, do the spooky live mm-hmm. tag, and it kept trying to split it up into two words, and I'm kind of like I'm saying the the letters out loud, and one of the EVPs, the the ghost actually is hearing me spell it S P O O K Y, and says what I just spelled. Oh wow! Okay. Nice. It's so cool. <laughs> Well, see, even even the people on the other side are fans of this show. They are. See that? So all, around. As soon as we get that, uh, you know, exclusive alien interview, we'll be all set. That's all we're waiting for. No. I'm working on it. I'm no. working on it. No. Okay, you never no. know. All right. Well, thank you very much for the call, and thank you for no. being there since literally since day one. Bye. Good right. to have you guys. Happy anniversary, everybody. Thank you. Take care. You too. L- and literally, I think it was our first show or our second show was her first call in. So, I mean, Luann's been with us since the very beginning. Mm-hmm. 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. Point it away from the glass, Monies. Upper the ceiling. Don't hit me. 
Yeah, point it toward the cork ceiling. We're, we're yeah, actually popping ceiling. open a bottle of champagne here in the studio. Wait, let's, let's get a very, video. Wait, hold on. Yeah, very, not too much champagne flowing down here, so. We're very concerned. Well, that's because you're in the wrong spot, duh. <laughs> we're totally going to break something here. Uh, he's twisting, he's twisting. Oh, there it goes. What did it hit? <laughs> Just right in the ceiling tiles. Okay, good. I think we're all set. All right, let's go back to the phones. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. Hey, Tim, I hadn't been here since day one, but about week two. Wow, it's Craig, crazy. it's great Craig to hear from you again. It's been a while. <laughs> I couldn't re- resist the opportunity not to call and say happy anniversary, happy birthday to everyone there, and uh, tell you how proud we are of you to have you on the air still. Well, thank you very much. I, I can still remember when we had the early conversation. This, this, these he, conversations are so early. Sorry, go ahead, man. I was say, he was a savior for a, long, for a number of shows. <laughs> right. So a lot of those shows that we didn't end up getting recordings of that, that Craig was able to feed to us. But I, I remember oh, the good old days. Uh. <laughs> you were one of the first people to reach out to us that wanted to, uh, you know, kind of incorporate what we were doing into what you were doing. And I remember being like, "Wait, wait, who is this guy?" Like I was so skeptical back in those days of of people like caring about what it was that we did. But uh, of course, you started off our history project and, and all the things that you've done over the years and. Uh, and it just it shows that, you know, when you do a good product or try to put out a good product, you'll attract good people. Well, exactly. You know, and, and, and I think the, the, the pinnacle behind it was uh, you gave me the courage to go ahead and start the radio show for our history project. You know, going back through it, it's just like, okay, hey, I can do this. And, you know, since then, it's, uh, you know, you've helped me, I've helped you. We've been on both, both other shows, and, and we've had a good time and made a lot of friends along the process. Uh, we've switch gears and doing a little bit something different now but we're still in still going and going strong but uh uh spooky south coast was a launching pad for our history project as well and plus you had people that if i needed something i'd call you you'd send me to somebody yeah i know somebody who does this you're looking for something here's this person or here's this person so you know this has been a, a a great ride and you know many more years to come well, thank you, sir. And, of course, what always has been the key is that, you know, it, it's all about – I mean, I, I know it sounds cheesy to say, but if you help somebody, it only helps you in the process. You know, if you help somebody, it only makes you feel better about what it is that you're doing. So even if there's times when, you know, you can't really help, just the fact that you spend a few minutes trying to help makes you feel better about yourself. So it's exactly. you know it's, it's a little self-serving in that regard that you know you want to get that feeling but it's contagious and 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 I and you, I see it in people like yourself and and those that you work with and a lot of the other shows that have come on board and I know you know you guys have been doing it for so long you probably have the same thing. It's still weird to me every time somebody sends me a a text or a Facebook message or a tweet and they say I want to ask your opinion as a as a professional broadcaster or <laughs> as somebody who's been doing this for a long time I'm like wait I'm still trying to figure this out myself. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't know if we're doing favorites or not tonight. Uh, I, I, I've got in kind of late and just catching the tail end of or just started listening. Uh, well, hit us with yours. You know, it, it, it's so hard because almost every time you listen, you, you have to go back and look, and I spend like the next week researching. But I think if I had to choose one, uh, it's, it's broken into three, either the Backyard po- Podcast, which everybody <laughs> knows about, uh, the first uh, Bridgewater Triangle, Mm-hmm. Uh, or I think that my favorite was, and just because it was so unique, was the play that you put on. That, that's those are some of my favorites too, right there. And uh, and we're about to start another backyard podcast here because we cracked open the champagne. 
Oh, God. <laughs> so we don't know where it's going to go after that. Well, uh, thank you, Craig, so much for, for listening and for being part of the show and for being part of the Spooky family, and, and we wish you many continued, many years of continued success as well. Thank you, sir, and happy anniversary again. Thank you. Bye-bye. And if anybody else wants to call in, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420, or you can text us, 67664. You can talk about it on Twitter using the hashtags SpookyLive or Spooky10. Uh, we prefer that you use Spooky10 for tonight. Uh, but, uh, of course, uh, Spooky Live is the uh, the one that you know we normally use each week. I'm going to ask everybody, since Craig brought it up, I'll ask you to give me three off the top of your head, and I know... I looked at the numbers over here while we were talking earlier, and if you take apart, uh, if you take away the fact that there's a couple of podcasts that we've uploaded that were just trying to put audio up there from something else, like an EVP that we caught. I remember the first Ellis Bulls, you know, Wolf Island EVP yeah. that we caught, we put up there as a, spe- as a podcast only thing. You know, there's a couple of those that we put up that are kind of just like little extra bonus things. But if you take that all away, we're at about 450 shows that we've done over 10 years. Wow. That's a lot of shows. Yeah. So, and, and uh, not every one of them was gold. I understand that. But if you go back and look, and as much as you can try to remember, I'm going to ask you to name three favorite shows uh, that we've done over this time. And it could be three that you, you know, whether you were here for them or not. Uh, so we can kind of go around the table with anybody that wants to jump out first. Anybody want to jump out first? I can give you my three favorite guests of all time. All right, you go first. I know that my my all-time favorite guest, I don't shy away from this. I don't like to play favorites, but everybody that knows me knows, our Gary Patterson. My my favorite spooky South Coast guest of all time. But coming in at number 1A right behind him is Jim Mars. That was just an honor to be able to talk to Jim Mars. But if you ask me what one of my other favorite shows was, and again, it's hard because there are so many. They're like my babies. (laughs) You're asking me to choose a favorite child. But I really, really liked the time that we did the War of the Worlds broadcast. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. That was because, you know, and it, it might not have worked so well if it hadn't been that we fooled people. People actually thought what we were doing was legit. And, you know, the, the live radio broadcast was great because it was so unique and different, but people knew from the outset what it was that we were doing. We, we promoted for weeks that we were going to be doing the first ever live performance of a, of a play on the radio for the first time in 50-plus years. So we, and we had a newspaper article about it and everything. There was plenty of advanced promotion. The War of the Worlds thing literally came together that afternoon, that morning. We talked about, you know, we're on the air on Halloween for the first time ever, and what happened on Halloween? The original War of the Worlds broadcast. We should try and do something similar. And we didn't really work out the details. That's we, what made it. We made it up as we went along. You know, and, and Moniz decided that, that, you know, because he was going to do his segment over the phone anyway, rather than hang out here and have to talk on his phone in the hallway, he stayed home. So, you know, he had that brilliant idea of Wally's home, uh, and, and we're talking about how he's being surrounded by, you know, military officials. They had the brilliant idea while Joe was playing the video game of actually playing some of the sound effects from the game, yeah. which, you know, really fed into it. And, and we're, you know, just throwing out the, the – I think the only thing that I came up with is I came up with some names to throw out that would be kind of like little Easter eggs for right. the original War of the Worlds. And, and we just made it up as we went along. And, and Matt, we had the, the – the way that we ended it was perfect with the government coming to shut us down. And, and you actually just jumped in kind of with the – 
there, you know, given the play-by-play of what was going on. I, and, I don't remember, actually. Oh, it was just, it's, it was seamless. We went right from yeah. the government showing up and shutting us down. The men in black were outside shutting us down, and you just went seamlessly right into the original War of the Worlds broadcast. And I could just see the faces on people listening as they were all like, oh, that's what it was all about. So, you know, that's one of the shows that I'm most proudest of, mainly because we flew by the seat of our pants and it worked. And I was down in Florida, so there was actually a little bit of credibility to the fact that I was able to get Cape Canaveral to see them trying to launch the counteroffensive. Yes, absolutely. We had we actually had Lucky from New Jersey calling yeah. in from New Jersey. Yeah. And uh, and Peter Robbins called in, which here's a guy, by the way, who has decades of credibility in ufology and is one of the names that people know in that field. And, you know, he put a lot on the line for his reputation to have a little bit of fun with us. But he's just such a great guy that, you know, he was he was all on board. But that helped sell it, too, the fact that we had an actual UFO expert on the phone saying, I think this is the real deal, guys. So uh, it just it kind of all came together pretty well. And, and I'm, if you've never heard it, go back and listen to it. The week and a half of emails afterwards with you <laughs> darn rotten. <laughs> you bastards, you fooled me. But uh, we, And it's up there. It was the Halloween of 2008, I think. Yeah. So if you go back into the podcast and look that up, you'll be able to find it and listen to it. It's that. So those are probably like three, two of my favorite all-time guests and one of my favorite all-time episodes. Uh, Stephanie, do you have any favorites that you can remember? I know I'm putting you on the spot. You are because I'm I'm really feeling like it's been such a long time that I can't think. But my favorite's from when I've actually officially been a co-host. Hmm. Maybe I, my first one has to be JVP. James I was going to say I know what your absolute favorite must be. My absolute favorite because I didn't even know what to do with myself that night. That was my favorite. Bob Olson was another favorite because he was extremely interesting. But third one I'd I'd have to think about because we've had so many people on. Um, so many friends on, mm-hmm. and we've got a lot of cool opportunities and a lot of cool topics. I think, and and I think that that James Van Prague show was one that had you not come on board, I don't think we ever would have tried it. Right. You know, and I wouldn't have known about Bob Olson if you hadn't brought him right. up to me. So I think, you know, those are two shows that are, are also on the list of you know ones that I'm especially proud of, uh, and just that the the fact that you know. We can. We have people on the show like James Van Prague, like Lauren Coleman, who doesn't like to do these type of shows, right. and then next thing you know, becomes you know a de facto member of the Spooky Crew, mm-hmm. and it, it, it's it shows that we're doing things the right way. That these people will kind of appreciate and respect what it is that we do. You know, if I can just you know, this is all about promotion. So, if no one, if someone hasn't heard the James Van Prague show, it was, and I've heard him speak. Um, on many shows, TV shows, I actually, I believe the very first uh, Coast to Coast that I heard he was on, and it changed my life, just the whole format and knowing that was on, you guys nailed it because you can actually hear him over the course of the interview really, like, losing himself in what you guys were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and he stopped being him, the celebrity, and he was him, the authority. I have to say... Um, and and it was and, I, and I'm listening to it. Like I said, having listened to him a lot, saying like, right now he, you can actually hear him. And I think he even says it like, "Wow, this is a really good interview." Like you could tell that he was totally getting into it, and the quality with which you guys were approaching him um, was maybe something he hadn't encountered in a while. He's he's like that in person when you 
no cameras, no radio, anything, because I've actually had dinner with him. And he's so down-to-earth and he's so real. And being able to study with him this past year and being on conference calls with him or Google Hangouts with him and just basically losing yourself in natural conversation, mm. he is so real. Um, yeah. Just as a person, I'm not talking about mediumship or psychic abilities. Just as a person, he's just so in touch with everything that's around him. Um, and he was like that that night on the interview. And it, I, it really was. I was listening to I remember exactly what I was doing. I was listening to it saying, like, wow, this is a really good show. Yeah. I, and I'll say, too, as the host or as the, you know, the main question asker, the main interviewer, mm-hmm. I'll say that, you know, when people say to me, that's something that I've never heard before that's something nobody's ever asked me before you know that's when i feel like i've done a good job because not so much that i want to say that i'm smarter than all the other hosts or i you know i'm better than all the other hosts but it means that that guest now can't just sit there and uh just spew out the same stuff that they're used to saying all the time you know not that they're going in with a script but they just they're used to always as you know chris you always have to give the same answers because you always get asked the same questions and that's what i have always prided this show on being is you know and sometimes we lose the beginning audience sometimes you lose people who we're new mm-hmm. to the idea, but I've always prided us in the fact that we can go deeper and that we can ask questions that will make the guests think that they might not have heard before. And if you think of the people who that has happened with, you know, you're talking about um, James Van Prague, you're talking about um, uh, R. Gary Patterson, you're talking about Brad Steiger. These people have all um, uh, auditorially been, been um, taken aback and, ha- and been challenged. Uh, and been challenged by the spooky crew, and that's an amazing feeling. My one regret, if I have a regret, um, well, I also kind of regret that time that we were supposed to have George Nori on, and the, oh. the engineer kind of screwed it up. But uh, um, <laughs> that's all right. We won't get into all that. Uh, but uh, if I have one regret, it's that I couldn't convince Dr. Hans Holzer to come on uh, when I spoke to him about having him come on. And he was determined to avoid it because he felt like we weren't big enough for him. Mm. Uh, that uh, I wish I could have changed his mind because I just I think that we could have had an amazing conversation with him. And, and we lost him not that long after that. So that's one of my few regrets. Uh, but Matt Moniz, I'm going to give you my three favorite shows that you were kind of front and center for. Uh oh. Good for good or bad. bad. Dun, dun, dun. But these are these are my three favorite Matt Moniz episodes of Spooky South Coast. One being Sonny Cito. Commander Sonny Cito, number one. <laughs> the first time a guest ever hung up on us, <laughs> and but with good reason. And I was looking on the message board, you know, using using the the special access that I had to it this week, and and I, I gave away the Easter egg there, but. Um, I was, I was looking at some of the comments about that, and the fact that it riled a lot of people up. I didn't realize Commander Sonny Cito had so many fans out there, but for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, uh, on the anniversary of the Roswell, I think it was the 50th anniversary of the Roswell crash. 60th. Six, oh, yeah, 60th. And uh, so we had, or was it, it might have been the year after that, because I think you yeah. were down there for the 60th. Yeah, I was there for the 60th. So it was the year after that, but it was on the anniversary, so it was on July 4th. We had Commander Sonny Cito on the show. Commander Sonny Cito claims to be the reincarnated Roswell alien that died in the crash in 1947. And I knew going into this that Matt Moniz was going to have a huge problem with this guest (laughs) and was going to challenge her. And he held on for as long as he could until she started spouting off a bunch of incorrect science. And that's when he just couldn't hold back And incorrect facts about the event. So, So then he kind of let loose, and it was the first time ever that a guest hung up on us. And actually... I suppose it's only 
I suppose I could say it's the first time that ever anybody has, and the only time, because the couple of guests who have done it since then tried to play it off as if it was phone issues. I'm not naming any names, but one of them was uh, pretty recently. <laughs> but uh, the but that was one of my favorite moments because like and and we we've gotten into fights on the air or, or and arguments. off the air. Yeah, we've actually had arguments about like don't do that, Moniz. Like don't say that. You can't go there. You know because you are very passionate about things. But that was one time when I thought you were completely in the right, and uh, and she just couldn't hack it. She couldn't handle it. So there was that one. Uh, my second favorite Moniz centric episode was the Dover Demon episode. I like that episode. When, when actually, you and Horrigan were on the trail of the Dover Demon, and and Lauren Coleman actually got involved in that show, and we won over Lauren Coleman and the Dover Police Department yep. uh, with that show because the police were throwing out everybody else that was out there demon hunting that night, except for you. I think that's a that's an often forgotten episode because I was going to actually list that in, in my top three because I mean it was one of those nights where everyone was clicking and we and we had. Uh, a great lineup of people talking, and then it was kind of the the format of sending someone out in the field, and it was just, it was just a really really great show. So people need to look that one up if they've never heard it. And my third favorite Moni centric show, and, and I'm, this might be in Chris's list as well, uh, but the Roswell SmackDown. Yeah. yeah. When when Chris and, and I mean when uh, Matt and John Horrigan went toe to toe for what did we do ten rounds, twelve rounds, something like that of yeah. of debating the facts of the Roswell crash. So and that's I I can tell you, uh, Chris, I don't mean to, to chump you off on your list, but it's something that Chris keeps bringing up with wanting to have that type of a format again for some of these topics. It wouldn't be bad as a special feature for every now and then. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, no, I assume that. And now I remember the technology that you, we had was. Uh, clicking these, clicking who had won, whereas now, right. especially with Twitter, we can totally hashtag that, and we can keep that going for, you know, even a few weeks once people hear the podcast. Right, yeah, so we, we were doing message board uh, poll votes or whatever. Yeah, I it think was, that, yeah. Just, it didn't didn't really work out all that well, but, you know, I, I think I think it was, well, the we, debate was good. Yeah, we brought up a lot of good points, and we, we definitely... I'll, I'll use the word in, entertained a lot of people. And we should really do that again because now we have we have a, a retired ring girl, right? <laughs> really? You had to bring that up, didn't you? She's a, brought it up on the air before. Yeah. Have I really? You have, yeah. Because I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. I think you're lying, and you no, just you wanted have. to throw it out there. You have. You said, well, you talked about modeling before. So. I don't think I went as far as the ring girl thing, oh, but well, now that it's out there, the cat's out of the bag. Now, I, I think anybody that knows you and, and has gone to your social media has seen it. You still have the pictures I don't up. know if you can see that if you're not friends with me. Well, if you're not friends with her and you want to see it, just send me an email and I'll send it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> how, how about you, Matt Costa? Do you have any favorite way, episodes? Was I not supposed to use those pictures for your bio? Is that what's on that's, that's, the spooky That's probably where I got confused. Uh, I was yeah. going to say that was my favorite episode when she talked about the ringmaster. <laughs> <laughs> Ringmaster. <laughs> well, that's what you refer to it as. Oh, uh, you can go in the archives. I'll put a little hat on and get the whip for next time. I um, guess that's what. I'm not at a right. circus. This, this is this is going in a different but direction. We are right You're now. hanging out with the spooky crew. You are at a circus. I am. I am. She is spooky crew. She's part of that circus now. Everybody oh. picked all picked all my uh, my favorites, but um, I think uh, one of my favorites is the first time we had Aaron on. Because that kind of got the ball rolling for uh, the Bridgewater Triangle. It's become such a huge thing now. Yeah, and it's we had to make it an annual event because people wouldn't let us not make it an annual event. If we skipped a year or we hadn't gotten to it yet, people start emailing us and, and calling in and asking when we were going to do it. So it's become part of the DNA of the show now. I think a lot of people like 
doing it in the summertime as opposed to when we first did it in the winter where people were freezing their butts off. I mean, uh, I have to kind of be careful. I think, yeah, I think we're going to lose the GoPro. <laughs> the um, And I think part of the, the problem, though, is that people don't, uh, they, they don't, if, if you're not from the area, you know, you don't have the visual representation of it. So that's why I'm always trying to look for other ways that we can get. And I think this year we really hit on it with the Periscope mm-hmm. and people being, I think we finally made it come together the right way. So I'm excited about what we can do with it this year. One of my favorite episodes that I'll call it a Matt Costa centric episode because you were the one that kind of made it happen. But when we had Brad, Brad Steiger on the show, you were the one that, that got him on board and, and you were the one that was I talking to him. I don't know him. how he said yes. Right, exactly. That's actually one of my favorites. Because my emails, like, my email skills are <laughs> were especially, like, they're not, they're subpar now. <laughs> so I don't know how he was just like, yeah, sure. Hey, you were the one, though, in the early days that was coming up with uh, all this material and all this different stuff that we should be pursuing. Uh, I, I think you were actually the one that brought up the Bridgewater Triangle to begin with. I don't know if yeah, you... I don't know. I don't Maybe. know. Anyone in favor of getting Maybe. Matt Costa back weekly, raise your hand. Oh, I think we all have our hands raised. Also, I, I was looking through the uh, the archives here, which are not up on SpookySouthCoast.com yet, but they will be. Um, but Dr. Lewis Turry, just because I love that guy. Dr. Turry. you got to ride the head of the dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Dear, the, the Dr. Terry show is, is uh, now we heard him on Coast to Coast, and he was just so energetic and crazy and mm-hmm. just so out there. And I was like, we got to get this guy on the show because, like, it's just an energy that we want to involve in, into the show. So we made all these arrangements to talk to him. And it was one of our first ever interviews that we did where the guest connected with us over Skype. So... You know, the, the the early days it was very kind. Of, it was kind of hard to plug the Skype into the board and everything back then, but we made it work and we made it happen. But the weird thing about it is, when we usually do Skype videos with people, Skype Skype interviews with people, it's audio only. For some reason, Doctor Turry insisted that we had to have the camera on, even though we don't have a camera in the studio. So there's no way he right. would have seen us. But he insisted that we had to see him, and then proceeded to do the entire interview shirtless. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Matt Costa is over here, like you know, he's working the board, and I'm standing up on the left side. If you're wa- watching on Spooky TV, you know what I'm talking about. But Matt's working the board, and and on the computer there is a shirtless Dr. Turry uh, standing there, and, and, and Matt keeps having to like put his hand over his eyes, so he doesn't have to keep looking at half naked Dr. Turry. Uh, but uh, the man is very proud of his physique, I have to say. <laughs> right. uh, but that was definitely one of the, <laughs> the weirder moments over the years. Chris, how about you? What I mean, I probably stole some of yours there. Uh, but what, I was going to say, yeah, thoughts? like uh, one of them. Um, uh, wow. I actually uh, like to think of some of the uh, shows that didn't happen. <laughs> um, like, uh, for example, the, the what is it, the uh, um, missing uh, 411. Right. Yes. I just got asked again this week if we could get him on. Who multiple times has has insultingly shot us down in some of the most uh, you know eloquent ways of talking about it. Have you ever read my books? And like, well, no. Like, they're like ninety dollars. So, right. like, send us a copy. Like, we do our research. We're not like a regular show. Like, we do it. And yet, every week I hear him appearing on the show that. You know that is that is either our equal or lesser than us, and I'm like, why, why would why won't this guy do our show? I just don't get it. Um, and then of course the, uh, the 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 gentleman you probably remember his name right off the top of your head, but I'm struggling here. 
the guy who, you know, I think him even being a guest was a prank of his, just to show him, just to show the world how ridiculous we were. Do you remember him? The the guy who has proceeded to blast us again and again? Right, right. Who's uh, that? Well, when he came on with us, he was going under the name Father Daniel Gargilio. Yes, yes. Now he is going by uh, Reverend... Uh, no, Dr. Daniel Romanos. That's his current name that he's working on. And, and he tried to act like he was trolling us, but in actuality, he was trying very, very hard to sell his books. Right. And I just remember, once again, like those, you know, that's some of the, that's some of the, um, the my favorite moments are the moments where, where people make fun of us. Um, I love it. <laughs> aside from that, like, I, I don't. You know, there there are some. I love the Brad Steiger episode. I'm just baffled by it. I like I, I, I it's it's perfection in terms of like just the content and the way he's interacting with you. Um, I really like the episode with the um, with the gentleman whose name I always forget. I'm, I'm obviously I have to look everything up when I do it. Um, but the guy who had all the symbolism in the Beatles. Oh, um, uh, not not. R. Gary Patterson Not with Gary the Patterson, Death Clues. The You're talking one. about uh, the guy who wrote the book about John Lennon. That's uh, on the tip of my tongue. Uh, but I know exactly who you mean, yeah. I mean, I remember that episode being so good, I just had to keep texting and texting and texting and being like, what about this, what about this? And then finally I had to call. It was a you know, it was a great discussion. But, uh, you know, I love those early Bolzano breakdowns, too. I love our Freddy Krueger episode. Um, I love our Ghost of Christmas Past. I love when we had our... Um, our, our favorite uh, paranormal moments in television. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I know that those, those are all Chris-centric episodes, well, um, and I... so that's a little self-serving, but, I mean, <laughs> those were episodes that didn't feature necessarily a guest, but that had really, really great moments in it. A couple of my favorite shows that you made happen uh, was, of course, uh, the episode where we talked about Coral Castle and Edward Leeds mm-hmm. Gollin. That was great. And one of my favorite episodes, too, going back and listening to it, is when we've had uh, uh, Sue Schlosser on, you know, and getting mm. into some of the folklore and, and some of the really deep, deep aspects of folklore. So those are shows that you know never would have happened if you hadn't brought those guests and those ideas to the table as well. Yeah, I mean, I love her, <laughs> and I think you know, she's always surprised when I call her and say like, "I need your opinion on this," or "Hey, listen, like thirty odd minutes wants you to come on." She's always baffled that people like her, and I, I kind of dig that because we kept her very humble. And it's kept her very doing very good work and, and being a great person to just have a conversation with. And and looking back, I mean, I know that some of the guests over the years have been, uh, you know, a lot of them have kind of faded in and out, and, and some of them have kind of only been around the, the paranormal in the periphery and for the short term, or, or maybe they've written one book about it. And in that regard, uh, then one of my favorite guests of all time is the, uh, oh, he wrote the book Fringology, uh, that was one of the, my favorite episodes because we really got to step outside the paranormal as being, you know, kind of from an outsider's perspective of what do outside people think about what it is that we do. Right. So. Right. Well, those are some... I, know, I, I think we were the first people to have um, the uh, those uh, researchers on about uh, people's opinions on the paranormal. We were the first people to get them on as well. And they've kind of now done the rounds and that study is now like five or six years old, but we were the first people to get them on. And uh, one of the things that I'm, I'm proud of is the fact that we have broken a lot of ground, but there's still a lot of ground to break uh, here in the last, like, two minutes of the show. 
I can just tell you that we have no plans on just sitting on our laurels and resting on our laurels. Uh, it's been a great 10 years. I never would have thought we would have made it this far. And, and I'm certainly very thankful that all of you were involved in the show because I certainly wouldn't have come in here and done this week after week on my own after all this time. Either that or I would have gone insane doing it. So uh, you guys have all helped out and made this into a, a huge show. And that's why it's so good and why it's so great is it's a collective effort over everybody. And we all bring something different to the table, and we all bring different opinions and attitudes and approaches. And in the end, the audience is left with hearing as many different sides of the story as they can, and they can make their own decision. Either that or, you know, they just keep listening to it because they think eventually we're just going to kill each other. One of the two. <laughs> nah. Like, nobody gets along as well as they do. There's going to be some drama here at some point. Okay, now everyone say their favorite crew member or the crew member they hate. <laughs> Myself. <laughs> both. A lot of self-loathing, right? And, uh, and, and you know, the, this is usually the end time of the uh, the show where, you know, we talk about what's coming up uh, in the next week's show. But I think, you know, looking forward to the future, I'm looking into getting back into a lot of these topics and, and taking them in from a fresh set of eyes. And now that we have this wealth of experience and this, this wealth of shows for people to listen and learn more about the topic, we can get really, really deep into some of these stories. So I'm looking forward to doing that. And, uh, and I thank all of you guys for being part of it. Thank you to WBSM for letting us keep doing it. Uh, for even when you change the locks, you somehow, silly of you, gave us a key. Uh, we thank you for that. And, of course, we'll see what happens when they change the locks next time. But at least for now, they seem, I'm just kidding. The station loves the show because they love the audience reaction to the show. So it's, a, it's because of all of you out there listening that we keep doing this. And thank you to Art Bell and to Keith Rowland for bringing us on board with the uh, Dark Matter Radio Network and for Planet Paranormal and all the other networks that have had us on over the years and helped us build this audience. But we're just about out of time on this 10th anniversary show. It's sad. We could keep going. Well, we, we're just about out of champagne, too, as well. So <laughs> until next week, we want everybody to stay spooktacular. <laughs>